Welcome to episode 24 of the Lost to Set podcast for Tuesday, September 13th, where three semi-athletes and a semi-producer talk what's going on in the world of sports, the good and the bad, and ultimately crown who or whom has lost a step for this week. Mike is out this week, but joining me as always is Max and Tom. And uh, I just want to ask you all, how you doing in Survivor, huh? How you doing? How you doing? He had to go there, Max, to start See, the show. Pinto, Max. you've had two days. Mine was last night. Give me some more time to recover. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I had I had San Francisco. Max had Denver. Make your own opinion on which loss was worse, but. Yeah, uh, we're done. Uh, Mark took Miami. Game was never in doubt. Uh, just likes to pick against Belichick, thinks that he's smart, and, you know, yeah. he's moving on. And Max and I are fools, and we're going home. I think I'm smart. I'm I'm still in, and you guys are out. Mark Mark is living <laughs> rent-free in Bill Belichick's head. Yes, That's you're okay. darn right he is. That's right. You're <laughs> darn right he is. Me, um, me and my uh, optimum whatever internet they have down there down there yeah max and i have a lot of football to get today uh, to get to today but mark if at any time you feel you need to interject your opinion i mean you clearly know more than max and i do so well you know i'm gonna be humble this week and you know i'm just gonna leave it to you guys but you know what while you're doing that i might uh pull up an old episode or two to uh brush up on uh who lost a step you know what you can do that as well if you're listening right now and you can do that by subscribing to spotify wherever you you get your podcast if you want to follow along with us outside of the show be sure to tune in to our twitter twitter feed at loss of step one follow us at loss of step one and on facebook be sure to follow us along there just by searching the Lost a Step podcast. Like always, we're going to get to the story you may have missed, and we're going to the world of the NBA and kind of a, a big, big news bombshell from one of the, uh, you know, the, the iconic players of today. I'll leave it at that. And for the Lost a Step, we're going to go to the AFC West. It's the first week of football. We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about the first week, the highs, the lows. Max, Tom, why don't you uh, lay it down? How we're how well? How you guys are going to uh, go about that? Yeah, so uh, we're going to do an around the league recap. Um, going to spend a little time on each game. Not exactly your Chris Berman two minute drill. It's going to be a little bit longer than that. But we're going to spend uh, a little bit of time and I will our opinions on each game. Um, there were sixteen total, starting with. Uh, the Bills and the Rams and ending with, uh, as we just talked about, the Broncos and Seattle last night. And uh, Max and I will go back and forth and uh, talk about what we saw in the first week of the NFL, which was a, a pretty, Max, I don't know about you, but I thought this was one of, at least for upsets, the craziest week one I can remember in quite some time. Yeah, I was trying to think about it um, just going back the last few years and definitely in the past few years, I don't think we had a, you know, a, a week one, this crazy, um, just looking at survivor, it just seemed like a lot of favorites went down this week and, uh, and yeah, it was entertaining. A lot of good games over time. We saw our first tie of 2022. So a lot, 
a lot of crazy uh, games and, and exciting week one. Yep. I, I was thinking it might have been, and then last night just put it over the edge for me. That was icing. I, I don't mean I don't mean to kick you when you're down, but the, I mean the facts are the facts. That just that just was the icing on the cake I, for me, and what was a pretty wild week one. I think I just kind of expected, just the way the Sunday games went. I just kind of had a bad feeling going into that Seattle game that that they were going to pull off the upset at home. It kind of made me. I kind of started wondering why I even picked that game. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk talk about these games, including last Thursday's game, which I feel like was forever ago. Yeah, so uh, that's where we will begin last Thursday, if you can remember that far back. Bills and the Rams. Uh, Max, the Bills making a huge statement uh, on the road against the Super Bowl champs. Von Miller not showing his age. Huge pickup for the Bills all over the field. I still think Josh Allen needs to be a little bit more careful when he runs the football. I think that can come back to bite you in an inopportune time. Uh, on the, but other than that, for the Bills, you really can't be too nitpicky. This team is loaded. This team is stacked. Um, and everyone is expecting them to make a deep playoff run this year. And why not? Because they were great. Uh, Stafford misses OBJ a lot. The Rams should be able, you would think, to bounce back next week against the Falcons. But not a great showing by them. Yeah, no, the Rams, uh, they definitely surprised me. But what I was more surprised about was the Bills uh, defensively. I thought the Bills offense would look basically how they looked. Uh, maybe not as good because they they really moved the ball well. It seemed like they couldn't be stopped. But defensively, their secondary I was worried about going into the season. And they honestly didn't seem to miss Tredavious White too much. I don't know if that was part of the partly the Rams not looking great, but... Um, the Bills defense overall just really came to play. And Von Miller seems like he's going to be a difference. He's still playing like he's, you know, in the prime of his career. He doesn't Looks look like, like a young he's guy out there. At least yeah. For yep. He was uh, definitely did not show any signs of age, or any signs of rust. He was flying all over the field. Moving on to the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, the Saints, three quarters of not a whole lot. Uh, Jameis Winston will need to build on that because he was not very good. He had an excellent fourth quarter. Uh, Dennis Allen gets his first uh, win at the helm of the Saints. Um, I don't expect the Saints offense to be dynamite this year, but I think 26 points against the Falcons is more concerning on the defensive side. And I think Allen and his staff will take a, take a pretty good detailed look at that. Uh, this might have been one of the Falcons' best chances to win a game. It didn't happen. Another good game for Cordero Patterson, building on a really good season he had last year. Uh, I think the Falcons are still, before the season, I said, I think they're going to be the worst team in the league, and losses like this explain why. They tried to prove you wrong. They tried, um, and they almost did it. I really, so for those who watched our division preview series, um, I took the Saints over the Bucks to win the division, and right away they kind of made me regret that um defensively i thought this was going to be a dominant defense that holds teams like the falcons to you know zero to seven points or so um i'll be interested to see you know if kamara apparently they're talking about a possible rib injury i'm interested to see if that's kind of why he he didn't have the game that he uh normally has that we expect uh but yeah the saints team will be interesting are they as good as what some people like myself think or maybe they're just not that good and the bucks are going to run away with this thing right yep uh, i mean obviously take some times with a new regime although alan you know was promoted from defensive right player. yeah still, still a little different when you're uh when you're the head honcho 
as we move on to Panthers and the Browns, uh, a very up and down, very up and down game um, in the Baker Mayfield revenge game, uh, sacked four times and fumbled four times, despite Carolina somehow being able to recover every single one of them. I think Max Baker will need to bounce back more mentally than physically, because this is one that he really wanted uh, badly. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, game manager extraordinaire. You know, when you got Kareem Hunt and you got Nick Chubb, if you can protect the football um, and let those two guys go to work, you probably won't get blown out too much. Uh, nice job by Cade York, 58-yarder to win it. I was impressed by the Browns going and getting that win on the road. Uh, bad start for Baker, not what you wanted, uh, not what he wanted to start his Panthers career. Oh, for sure. And yeah, I think the Browns uh, maybe telling people not to sleep on them yet. Um, I know Watson's done for most of the year, uh, suspended for most of this regular season, but I think the Browns are saying, you know, we're going to be competitive. Uh, maybe the Panthers aren't a, a great team. We'll we'll wait and see on that. But I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of games and they're going to play good teams. And because of what you mentioned, Chubb and Hunt, um, and a, what seems to be a pretty good defense with Miles Garrett leading the way, I, I think the Browns are showing that maybe they're not going to be as bad as what people think without Watson and with Jacoby Brissett as as that game manager, because it seems like that's really all he has to do. Just don't turn the ball over. Be smart and uh, let his defense and run game, you know, get them to the D Deshaun Watson days and see if Deshaun Watson can take them to another level. I think maybe, I, I mean, you outlined it perfectly. I think maybe I didn't give the rest of the Browns roster enough credit. Yeah. Uh, the, rushing, the rushing attack is as good as anyone, and that defense is strong. So, you know, you win time of possession, you keep you win the turnover battle. They should be in probably more games than I give them credit for because of their quarterback situation. But they are 1-0. Uh, moving on, 49ers-Bears. This was this one's tough for you. That did, that did not go well. Um, the 49ers, 176 rushing yards, but only 66 coming from running backs. Elijah Mitchell getting hurt. Uh, Debo Samuel had some of them as well. Trey Lance, the rest of it. Uh, the defense, three straight touchdowns. Um, obviously not what you want against the Bears team that is not an offensive juggernaut. Chicago, enjoy this one. There won't be many. And please get a new stadium because Soldier Field was a swimming pool. A lot of people kind of blame the weather um, on the on the Niners' loss, whereas I looked at it like, oh, this gives me even more reason to think the Niners are going to win this game. Like, that's what control, I control. They have a great offensive line. You knew Trey Lance, you know, is more of a running quarterback than probably a great passing quarterback. Um, Elijah Mitchell obviously got hurt, um, but they have Debo Samuel. They have other running backs. It's just a good scheme to run the ball. I feel like they're made to play in in this kind of weather, if anyone is. Um, and so I was disappointed with the way they played. I thought, whereas the Browns, um, I thought people didn't give them enough credit going into the season. The Niners, I think some people are giving them a lot of credit because how they played last year. But we got to see how Trey Lance plays. Um, we'll see if he he ends up playing the whole season and what happens with Jimmy G. But yeah, I was disappointed in this Niners performance, even with the weather, even on the road um, against the Bears team that I still just, they, they just don't seem very good. <laughs> Right. Um, head down to the Bengals and the Steelers. Uh, this was Whew. this was something. Um, four turnovers for Joe Burrow. 
Um, the offensive line didn't look great. I, I still think they'll be okay. He's not going to throw four interceptions every week. I, I think I, I don't love the offensive line, but I think they'll be okay. The defense was solid for most of the game and they had what a 29 yard field goal chance to win bad snap after the long snapper got hurt. Uh, so it didn't happen. You know, typical Steelers win we've seen over the years. Very ugly finding a way. I swear, I think Mike Tomlin likes winning these games more than if they win by 20. I think he lives for the gritty, ugly win. I think those are his favorite. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick to think for that, blocking the extra point to send it to overtime. The Steelers offense and Najee Harris hurt now too. Probably won't be explosive throughout the year. But as always, that defense is, is usually always strong. Good enough to keep you in James, uh, keep you in games. Heck of a job by the Steelers. They're one and zero. Yeah, and Trubisky or whoever you know, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, whoever's under center. I don't think it's a huge difference from the way Big Ben was playing last year. So, if they can get about the same or a little more than that from what they got from Big Ben, I really don't see why. I mean, of course, the T.J. Watt news is tough, but apparently now he's not missing the whole season, so that's a positive. Um, but I think the Steelers team—they're going to be the same as they are every year. They're going to be in every game. Uh, they're going to win these tough, close games. A lot of it's because of Mike Tomlin, and a lot of it's because they still have these good defensive players and just good defense in general. Um, Steelers team will be interesting. Um, you know, when they play the Ravens twice a year, those will be good games. They play the Browns. They got the Bengals one more time. You know, the Steelers could could end up going five and one in the division somehow. And people, you know, again, maybe a team that people didn't give enough credit to coming in the season. So definitely see the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow, um, I'm, I'm with you. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I like the way that they fought back. This is an offense that can score points quickly. So I'm not worried about them getting down. Um, I think they'll be pretty good. I, I think they have a good chance to make the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised with the loaded AFC that if they somehow, you know, were on the outside looking in. Real quick, I think it's ridiculous that they are the underdog at home against the Patriots this week. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. The Steelers are ridiculous. Don't understand. Moving on. Uh, Lions that home Eagles. field. That yeah. home field. Uh, Lions Eagles. This was uh, this had a lot of points. Uh, Eagles winning at thirty eight thirty five. The Eagles had four hundred fifty five yards of offense, and Devonta Smith didn't even have a catch. Um, they will play better teams than the Lions throughout the year, but Jalen Hurts looks ready to take that to take that next step. The Lions will be a problem all year. Um, DeAndre Swift and Armand St. Brown, they're like fringe stars. And even if the defense isn't great, which I don't think anyone expects it to be, they really can score. And even if they fall behind like they did, they can put up points in a hurry and get themselves back in it. So the Lions won't be a pushover, um, kind of taking on that same role that they took on the end of last year. They were in a lot of games last year. They kept a lot of games close. They did it again today. They're just not quite there yet. Yeah. And I think Jared Goff, like a lot of people kind of wrote him off when he went to Detroit and he didn't play bad last year. Um, I don't think he's like that difference maker. That's going to bring a team like the lions to, you know, a super bowl or anything like that. But I think Jared Goff is playing pretty well with the lions. I think he fits in well there. Uh, but their their offense, they have a lot of weapons. I'm worried about that defense, and I think that's what keeps them from being a, a competitive team. Not competitive in each game, but just record wise and and you know having a shot at a wild card. Uh, but but yeah, I think the Eagles, Jay Brown. I think a lot of people were, you know, it seemed like it was kind of split where some people were saying AJ Brown's going to bring Hurts to another level. Some people thought 
it doesn't matter that AJ Brown's there because Hertz can't get him the ball or can't throw it to him. Um, I'm excited about this Eagles team. Um, I definitely nervous about them as a Packers fan, seeing another team like that. Um, that's just another good NFC team. But yeah, I think the Eagles are definitely on a lot of people's radars now if they weren't before the season. Colts Texans. Um, it's a tie. Uh, in my opinion, Max, it's really a loss for the Colts. Uh, after last season's horrible ending, this is not the way to start. Nice job coming back down from 20 to three um, and then a chance to win it in overtime. But the two first half drives inside the 25 and coming away with nothing really hurt. I think the Texans can kind of be like last year's Lions. Last year's Lions lost five games by four points or less. I actually think the Texans could kind of be like that. Davis Mills is pretty okay. And I think he'll be able to them in some games, especially in a division that does not think to be that good. This would have been a really nice one for to have at to settle for the tie. Yeah, and I think the Colts, it's a new quarterback, but it's the same same Colts. I think I shared a stat with you. I think it was 08 and 1 in their last nine openers. So for whatever reason, the Colts just start off slow. Um, they also seem to struggle in some of these easy division games. We saw it last year at the end of the season with the Jaguars. They lost one could have made the play. You know, they win and they get into the playoffs. Um so I still just don't know about Colts team. They were a team that I thought was kind of a dark horse for me as a Super Bowl contender. But I kind of said that last year with Wentz. I probably said it with Phil Rivers. Like it just seems like it doesn't matter. It's just I don't know if it's Frank Reich. I I don't know what it is because it seems like they have all the pieces. Um, but they just they're just not getting it done. And and a tough like you said, it, it feels like a loss. I'm sure that's kind of how they took it in the building for the Texans. You know, I'm sure they obviously. Would have loved to get the win. Um, they were up big, but it's it's good sign for them to say they can compete with with a team like the Colts. And and like you said, maybe they're going to be a little better than people think. They're not going to be a one or two win team. Maybe they'll be I like a five, so. maybe five or six or so. And so a lot of people I think would be surprised by that going into the season. Going on to Patriots and Dolphins. Uh, Bill Belichick had the Patriots down there six days earlier before the game because of the heat. To get acclimated to the weather, uh, it didn't seem to matter. Kind of same question as last year with New England. How much offense can they generate? If the defense gives up 20 a game, that should give them a chance every week. Uh, Miami offense only scored 13 because they had a defensive touchdown. Yeah, I, I still don't think Tua is the guy, but Hill and Waddle is a really nice duo, and they'll be able to help him with a lot of yards after catch throughout the season. I was more impressed, Max, by the Miami defense, three turnovers and a score. I thought they were the story of the game. Yeah, and I think I think it was two years ago, Miami's defense kind of was sneaky, and they had a lot of good games when people didn't think they were very good. Um, and then last year, they just, I don't think they performed up to they, you know what they were expecting. Maybe this year, they, they put it together defensively, and then offensively, like you said, get the ball in Hill and Waddle's hands, let them do work. Don't make too too much. Just get the ball to them. Edmonds, I think, is a is a decent back. They have Mostert if he can stay healthy. So this Dolphins team is interesting. I, I went into the game thinking the Patriots were gonna just do what they do and and probably end up winning and prove people wrong. And so I was I was pretty surprised actually by the way they got beat. Um, and it'll be interesting to watch this team a year because there was talks about this offense and the offensive coordinators having, you know, two basically two offensive coordinators, guys that aren't really offensive guys. And I just thought, oh, they'll figure it out. But but maybe this is going to be an issue for them all season. So we'll see what ends up happening with that Patriots team. 
I mean, asking Mostert to stay healthy, that's asking for a lot. And it's a shame because that guy can really play. Yeah. Yeah. When he plays, he does well, but it's Always maybe a couple hurt. games a year. Always hurt. Uh, Ravens, Jets. Max, was there ever a doubt here? Was there ever a doubt? Going into I mean, the game, was there ever a doubt? I was going to say once kickoff, maybe there probably wasn't a doubt, but uh, I know I know you Jets fans had some high hopes going in this season. I think it's tough because it'd be nice to have Zach Wilson for 17 games, like just to see him fully at that, that full season. He has good weapons, decent weapons, and it stinks that that's the way they start off the year. Um, I think some people were hoping that Joe Flacco narrative, revenge narrative was going to just come through and nope. – wasn't the case. So I like the way Lamar looked on the Ravens side. Um, I think he's going to be business like this year. I think he's really out to prove, you know, I deserve a ton of money. I'm going to be a top paid quarterback. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. But I, I think the Ravens, I picked them to win the AFC North. I are going to be a team that could possibly make it to the Super Bowl. I know it'll be t- it's the biz, the chiefs teams like that, but I think this Ravens team is very good and um, we'll see when they play maybe a team. A little, a little higher team. up. <laughs> I mean, the Ravens were far from perfect, but they didn't need to be. Um, only right, right. 40 yards of offense. They really couldn't run the ball. Jets defense, a couple big plays here and there, but they really weren't that terrible. It's just the offense. I don't think Lamar had – I don't. I didn't watch the game, but I don't think Lamar had any rushing yards, right? He didn't. He didn't. The Jets defense was not that bad. But, yeah. you know, when you have z- zero going from your offense, it makes it tough. Uh, Jaguars commanders, a nice opener for Carson Wentz. Uh, Antonio Gibson also played well for the commanders. Uh, I think this was just nice for Washington, a new brand, new quarterback, get a win. I don't think they're a serious contender, but the division isn't lights out and they should be able to hang around for a while. Um, on the Jaguar side, this seems like a win compared to what they were last year. Uh, strong return by James Robinson. Christian Kirk looked good. And the influence of Doug Peterson um, should show its effect throughout the year. Although the Jags are still not a contending team, this seemed like a win compared to how they were getting beat last year. Yeah, and unless injuries happen with some of these teams that people expected to just be like uh, pushovers, like it seems like there's not like three like in years past there's been like three or four teams where it's just like oh, they're gonna win two games. I feel like the Jaguars look a little better. The Texans we talked about look a little better. Like yes, the Jets maybe aren't 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 gonna be one. You know they could be one of the the worst teams. But I just you don't have that this year where there's like a ton of really bad teams that like you just see them on the schedule and you're like, that's a win. And week one proved that after all these upsets. But uh, the only thing I was going to say for Washington, it's, it's not our story. You may miss, but Pinto, did you see the, I think they were mugs that were being sold at the truck outside the stadium on the radio, heard about it on the radio. Didn't didn't Washington. I just heard it on the radio. Washington commanders, uh, mugs or cups um, with the state of Washington in the, in the, background with the logo over it the state of washington so that's not for those, where they play everybody yeah just making sure people realize they're not in the state of washington so right. definitely uh something that i heard that they like fixed right away and took those off the shelf but uh that was an interesting start so i'm glad they got the win and, and kind of made up for that little snafu moving on and boy he's probably upset he can't talk about it right now because uh, <laughs> his giants got a huge win in their uh, first game of the year. And they've been so bad in September, the last five seasons. 
fell behind 13-0 on the road against last year's AFC number one seed. Then a comeback. Saquon looked fresh, looked healthy. Defense was pretty solid all day. Dable um, gambles, pays off. I like the call. New regime. Take a shot on the road. It worked. A little lucky with the missed field goal at the end, but the Giants will take it. They've got a winnable game against Carolina at home next week. They could be 2-0. Uh, really bad loss for the Titans. The defense was pretty good, but not at the end. Uh, second half offense, three, three and outs and four punts. I'd say about the only thing good for them, Max, was that no one in the AFC South wanted to win either. Yeah. Yeah. The Titans, uh, I, I think because of that division, I think the Titans are going to be in it um, all season just because I don't think they're as bad as what people think. Um, but they're obviously, you know, this loss to the Giants proves they're not maybe that juggernaut one seed that. Uh, they were last year. Um, the Giants, that was one of those decisions where if it doesn't pan out, I think a lot of people are like saying, oh, great, this right. coach sucks, right. all that. Um, I thought it was a good move. Um, on the road, I think the Giants offensively didn't look amazing. Yes, Saquon looked pretty good, but I think I think it was the right move, a good move, and a great win for the Giants. I mean, defeat that man, the ball say As long as he's healthy, I, I don't I, – I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy, so feed Saquon Barkley the rock as much as you can because when he's healthy, he's special. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Chiefs-Cardinals getting into oh, well, the Giants-Titans. That was the first 4 o'clock game, so we're in the 4 o'clock games now. Chiefs-Cardinals, uh, no Tyree kill, no problem for the Chiefs. I don't feel need to overanalyze here. I still think they're the best team in the West, in the AFC West, until proven otherwise. I thought that was big for Mahomes after how last season ended against a pretty good Cardinals team. Um, you know, they didn't look like they could be stopped. The Cardinals offense did have three TDs, but two were late. Kyler Murray might feel feel a little ill effect without DeAndre Hopkins. I still think they'll put up points. The defense will be better than they were today. Patrick Mahomes is just a generational talent, and he can do that to you. Yeah, I think it's just one of those where you put the Chiefs and Gonna look pretty bad. It's kind of how the Rams look against the Bills. I think Rams are a better team than that. Um, but just like the Bills, I think the Chiefs surprised me more on the defensive side. I knew offensively with Mahomes, yes, no Tyreek Hill, but I thought they'd you know put up some points still every week. And uh, defensively, the Chiefs looked better than I was expecting. So the Chiefs team still still going to be an end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, another AFC West battle: Raiders Chargers. The Chargers a little revenge from the last game of the season last year. Justin Herbert looked great. Three touchdowns. O-line didn't give up a sack. Khalil Mack looked great. He had three sacks himself. Defense also had three interceptions. Probably a game they should have won by more than five, but they'll take the win and move on. Derek Carr looked great with the old college pal, uh, Devontae Adams. But Max, I still think they'll need more than him to compete. Uh, Adams had just under 40% of the offensive yards. I think that needs to be a little bit more balanced. I think the Chargers are better than the Raiders, but the Raiders are still a good team. And I think a five-point loss against the Chargers is not the end of the world for them. Yeah, I mean, if we all, if the Chargers are the team we all think they're going to be, then this loss isn't too bad for the Raiders. The only thing that's bad about it is it's it's a division loss, so this could hurt them if they're trying to win that division. Um, Josh McDaniels, I'm just interested to see like how he does as a coach. His last attempt at it was with the Broncos team that I don't think you know anyone thinks as is as was as talented as the Raiders are this year. Uh, I'm interested to see how he does there and if he can, you know, be stay a head coach for for a long time. So, so it'll be interesting to watch this division all year. Vikings Packers. Let's not let's not Max. talk about this one, Pinto. I think Max. we're running out of time. Max, I saw it coming. 
I saw it coming. I felt it coming. I said the Vikings on our last show, they're going to win the North. Um, Justin Jefferson is a beast. Kirk Cousins was solid. And my NFC North champion pick Vikings played a perfect game at home under a new regime in Minnesota. That had to feel great for them. The defense was sound all game long. You really can't ask for more. But the Packers aren't going to average seven points a game. And the running game and the defense it will is going to be good all year. I don't doubt that. But I'm telling you, Rodgers with Alan Lazard as his number one now is going to show itself. I think they need another receiver to win the SC North, let alone contend for the Super Bowl. I really do. Yeah, and to be fair, Lazard was out of this game, so hopefully he would have a little bit. I'm not saying he would have you know, put them over the top or anything like that. But um, my only real thing, this game was in Minnesota. The Packers never you know, just dominate in Minnesota, whether they're you know, no matter what team they have, I think Minnesota always gives them a good game there. So we'll see um, when they when they go to Lambeau, um, whenever that game is. And then Christian Watson, I don't know if you saw that, but he dropped along what I probably would have been yep. a touchdown yep. Yep. Um, that I think either would have put them up seven or would have tied it. And then they had a rookie. fourth and goal opportunity. Rookie, yeah. Rookie, right, right. Yeah, second, early second round pick. Right. But um, And then the fourth and goal, they, they turned it over on downs um, and didn't score a touchdown. So this game... Uh, you know, this is every game, but a few plays could have made a real difference. Um, the Vikings definitely looked better. Packers looked a little bit of a mess. Uh, we'll see if and Jenkins come back for them. And then Lazard hopefully makes a difference. Um, and these rookie receivers, you know, these other receivers have to step up. Obviously, people realize that. Um, Devontae Adams not playing there definitely showed uh, on Sunday, but we'll see if they can start to get it together. And they play the Bears Sunday night, so a great game to hopefully get it together a nice bounce back game hopefully yep i still think they need one more receiver bucks cowboys uh oh boy uh cowboys season over uh, is it over Dex hurt we don't know exactly how long cooper rushes in he looks like he's a bartender in utah somewhere <laughs> um vision isn't great so it probably buy a little about what you want in that opening night zeke gonna have to pick it up on the run game the defense was pretty good for the Cowboys, um, but no sweat for Tampa Bay. Great running attack with Fournette. They'll want to do better in the red zone that they did for field goals for Sucka. But no matter when you give up three points on the road, defense was flying around all night. Nice job by Todd Bowles first win as Tampa head coach. Yeah, and I know it's just one week, but if Julio can stay healthy, he looked he looked pretty good, Pinto. I don't know if you watched much of the game, but I, I honestly didn't. It's a big if because he hasn't he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's over thirty now, I believe. Um, come back but to me in, come back to me in week six with Julio. Yeah, no, for sure. He needs to he needs to stay and play a few games, um, and he'll need to play well if Godwin is out for an extended period of time. The only thing I was going to say about the Cowboys, I'm interested to see if the Jimmy G uh, rumor, if mm-hmm. if there's any like if there's if that's a realistic chance, because I think it'd be interesting to see him go to Dallas and uh, see if they can be competitive for. Uh, the games that Prescott's out, and then hopefully Dak can play well when he gets back. But that that might affect him a lot of the year. So we'll see uh, if that injury comes back and 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 he doesn't play as well as people were expecting. So yeah, Cowboys not not the way they want to start the year. Your old your old Palma on the hot seat. Yes. Um, and last one more. Certainly not, certainly not last. Uh, what knocked Dax out of Survivor? Seahawks and the Broncos. Broncos now gain the Seahawks, 433 to 255, but, oh, um, sorry, 253. Over four in the red zone, two fumbles, 12 penalties for 106 yards, 
And then the best gift of all, not going for it on the fourth and five to try to get a little closer. Um, and Brandon McManus missed the 64 yard field goal. You can't say the Seahawks were great. They were outgained by 180 yards, but they bended. They didn't break in the red zone. And you heard what Joe Buck said at the end of the game, assist to the 12th man in Seattle, man. They were loud. They're always loud. That's a great field, even when they don't expect to be very good this year. Hats off to them. That crowd was great. I don't know how the Seahawks won this game, but they they found the way. Yeah, and the only thing I really want to say on the Broncos is the it just seemed like a lack of urgency that last drive. I realized they only needed a field goal. It just seemed like they just every, after every play they were just letting the clock tick down, tick down, tick down. I'm not saying they had to use timeouts, but it looked like they were just playing in the second quarter, no big deal, like let's let it go into halftime. Like no, this was the end of the game and it seemed like they just they just weren't uh, like in game mode, they didn't have any sense of urgency. So I was disappointed to see that, not just from a survivor standpoint, but because I think this Broncos team should be very good. Um, defensively, I'm a little worried about them. Besides cornerback, uh, I think they're they're hurt. Bradley Chubb's very good, but I don't know if this Broncos team uh, is as good as I was expecting. Um, but it's just one week. We'll see if they bounce back. This was a tough game for Russell Wilson. Um, mentally, I'm sure it was tough on him going back there. He got booed before the game. Maybe that affected him a little bit. Why. I don't understand why. I didn't. I didn't get that either. I. I. I want to know more there. I've heard some Seahawks, former Seahawks players, talk a little smack about Wilson. So I don't know if they just, if they just, people didn't. He just rubbed people the wrong way. I don't really know. But, um, but yeah, this Broncos team, uh, big, big game against the Texans next week because falling zero and two in this AFC West, uh, that's not looking good for them. And that's that. That's your week one of the NFL. I thought we did well. I thought we did well. Producer Mark, did we do well? Well, you lost Survivor, and I'm still in. So what are you? Pinto, you shouldn't even say anything to him. (laughs) This guy. guy. For week one (laughs) of our NFL recap, you two did wonderful. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We needed some positivity. Too bad you're not going to win Survivor next week, you losers. (laughs) Okay. Moving on, Max. Moving on. We're going to switch sports. We're going to switch sports now. I know it's all football, 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 but there is baseball going on. There's baseball going on. In case you forgot, there is baseball going on. Uh, And we're not going to talk about um, certain uh, standings, races. We'll leave that for another day coming soon. Max, we're going to talk about the new rules that are going into baseball in 2023. So basically got three things that are happening. And then uh, I'll explain uh, to our listeners of um, some little tidbits with that rule. The first one is there is going to be a pitch timer in an effort to create a quicker pace of play. There's going to be a 30 second timer between batters. Between pitches, there'll be a 15-second timer with the bases empty and a 20-second timer with runners on base. At last check, the pitch timer had reduced the average time of the ML of uh, minor league baseball by 26 minutes. The rule also limits on throws to first base, but has also increased stolen base attempts. Specifics to the rule, and I'm, I won't read all of them, but the ones that stick out at me are the pitcher must begin his motion to deliver the pitch before the expiration of the pitch timer. And if that doesn't happen, it's an automatic ball. Batters who violate the timer are charged with an automatic strike. So 
pretty interesting stuff. And uh, I should have mentioned at the beginning, uh, this is from Anthony Castrovinci of MLB.com. Um, other things from the pitch timer with runners on base, the timer resets if the pitcher attempts a pickoff or steps off the rubber. Batters must be in the box and alert to the pitcher by the eight-second mark or charged with an automatic strike. And if a third pickoff attempt is made, the runner automatically advances one base if the pickoff attempt is not successful. So throw over once, okay. Throw over twice, okay. Third time, if you don't get them, they go to second base. So we'll kind of do one by one. So Max, thoughts on the first one, pitch clock, pitch time. That that last part I thought is interesting because there's times where it doesn't happen a lot, but you'll see uh, just a guy really just zoning in on that first guy on first and just throwing over a ton. The fans start booing. Um, so that's kind of interesting rule. Um, I don't, I'm interested to see if, you know, how often that happens at the beginning, just because they're not thinking like, oh, there's a limit to this. Um, so if they step off the mound, the clock resets. So isn't that like, can't the pitcher just do that every time if they're about to like, if the clock's about to expire? Like there's no limit to that, right? I don't think so. Because that's kind of interesting. Right. I don't um, think so. There's going to be I, some kinks to be worked out. Yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. And this one, this one, at least I, I don't really have any issues with it. Um, I think a lot of some people do, especially like the the MLB like purists or, sure. or old I, school which guys. Which I am at heart. So right, I'm, right. I am that way at heart. I am. But yeah, I think um, I, I don't have an issue with that one. Uh, moving on to this was the one that I've been waiting for for a long time. Um, and it's defensive shift limits. And while on one hand, do I believe that there's something fundamentally wrong about players not hitting the other way and kind of penalizing teams for being smart and putting their defense where they think they should be? Yeah, kind of, I do. But I am so sick of balls being ripped into right center field that are not hit of it i'm done I'm, i don't like seeing it anymore I, I i i can't tell you how many times this year i've seen balls ripped into right field and guys making plays in short right field and getting outs at first base uh that is now going to be done so now under new rules the four infielders must be within the outer boundary of the infield when the pitcher is on the rubber so they cannot be standing on the grass when the pitch infielders may not switch sides. So if you watch a lot of baseball, sometimes depending on if there's no strikes or two strikes, you'll see guys moving across the diamond. That can't happen anymore. A team cannot reposition its best defender on the side of the infield where the batter is more likely to hit the ball. So that's gone. If infielders are not aligned properly at the time of the pitch, the offense can choose an automatic ball or the result of the play. So if it was a double, you can keep the double. If it was an out and they, they were aligned improperly, they can go back and take the ball and the at-bat continues. Okay, This rule doesn't include a team positioning an outfielder in the infield. Outfielders can come into the infield, but infielders can't go to the outfield. So you can't have a four outfield alignment at any time. 
you can have five guys on the infield. So if it's, uh, you got to bring the infield in in the bottom of the ninth, bottom of the, you can put yeah. the guy behind second base and keep everyone else normal. Well, you can do that, but you cannot play softball outfield with four outfielders like that. Uh, Matt, I, I gave my opinion. I, I know it's kind of a penalizing team being smart, but I'm happy. I am very happy that they finally have this in place. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, I think what I don't like about the shift is I remember when I was younger, it'd be like a couple of guys in the major leagues that like, you'd always see the shift, you know, get pumped for them. Like now, now, yeah, David Ortiz, yeah. like those, those big lefties. Um, now when I watch, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Um, now when I watch games, it seems like, like, constant that the, there's a shift on and like that's what bothers me is like it's not just this like once in a while thing anymore but it's like used all the time and like you said like watching guys hit the ball hard hit the ball well and it being out i, I get both sides of it because it's like okay hit it somewhere else right. um kind of thought about this i don't know if this is a good let me know what you think about this but like in football if like someone's triple teaming the top wide receiver people would say, oh, just throw to someone else. But like, that's a lot easier to do. Like, they're like the people that are for the shift or against the shift. Sorry, let me restart that. Go people ahead. that think the shift um, is is a good thing and they don't like this new rule, they would say, oh, well, if that guy's getting triple teamed in football, the guy just throws to a different receiver. The way I look at it is like, that's that's so much easier than a guy having to hit the ball the other way. And I get it. They're major league players. They should be probably wherever. That's but that's argument. kind of the way I get it. Is. I just think that's such a hard thing to do for different types of hitters. And um, I kind of see both sides of it. Especially if they're not groomed to do that in the minor leagues. Exactly. And like maybe years from now, when this is just a standard thing, things will be different. And uh, you know, everyone will love this rule or I don't know, maybe it will change again. Um, but I, I I'm happy with it. I think, I think it's going to be good for the game. I'm kind of surprised with you agreeing with the rule Pinto. Um, I, just like if, if we didn't talk at all about it, I would have said, Oh, Pinto definitely hates this rule. I like so it. I'm a little surprised, but your reasoning makes sense. So I, like it. so I get where you're coming I'm, from. I'm, I'm trying to be more with the, with the, uh, young crowd now. <laughs> Trying to let my purest views be a, be a little more uh, temporary. I, I like this side of you. I like it. <laughs> um, and the third one, which is is pretty basic, you know, if you have a problem with this rule, um, I want to go check out your, your priorities in life. Uh, this is the bigger bases now. So instead of 15 inches, they're going to be 18 inches. The first, second, and third bases home plate is the same. Uh, the goal of this is to give players more room to operate and avoid collisions, especially at first base, where fielders have an extra three inches to stay out of harm's way. Creates four and a half inch reduction in the distance between first and second base and between second and third, which encourages more steals. The bigger bases could also have the effect of reducing oversliding, which we see a lot, in which a player loses contact with the bag while sliding through it. Max, if you want to talk about this for five minutes, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you, but um, that's uh, that's about all I have. No, I I don't really have anything to say on that. Um, so so I'm good to move on, Pinto. That one's the the rule I 
I, I like talking about the shift stuff just because it's interesting to hear different points of view. But but I think I'm good, I'm good on the rest of them. Very good. So then you will introduce our story that we may have missed. Although I found it, but you can introduce. It. <laughs> and and we're actually talking. We're we're shifting sports again. Um, I, shifting I all did the just time. say. Just like they can't anymore nice. baseball. Do what I did. Not there. even on purpose. Not even on purpose. Um, this one's coming from um, CBS uh, writers uh, Jasmine Wimbish, who brought us a story that, that as you said, that you found. Um, Steph Curry confirmed that the Warriors discussed trading for Durant uh, this summer. So, as everyone knows, Kevin Durant requested a trade. Um, it seemed like he was definitely going to get traded. He ended up with withdrawals requests. It was like he's most likely going to be with the Nets this season. Um, basically, Curry said, um, "Let me let me bring up the quote here." So there was a conversation internally about if he was available, would you? I was never hesitant. Curry said, "Every team has those conversations, and obviously they're going to call me and ask, how do you feel about it?'" I guess Pinto. Um, is this a is this a surprise? I mean, I think most teams probably talked about Kevin Durant when he requested a trade. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I mean, is there a better soap opera than the NBA? It's really nothing. They should cancel it's, every it's, soap opera on TV. Just have like Woj talk on on all the channels to just. It's an all year round. It's, it's, it's all an all year, year round reality show. I'm honestly, I mean, look. I know that right when he's available, every team's going to call, right? I, I'm, I, if we're not going to know it to what level Golden State with him, but I would kind of be surprised if Steph Curry was really, really pushing for that. I, I was thinking about this the other day, Max, right? Like the Warriors are cool, right? They've been cool for a long time. It's kind of like the Bulls when the Bulls were cool, right? Curry is Jordan. Thompson is cooler than Scottie Pippen, in my opinion. <laughs> and Draymond Green is Dennis Rodman, right? I, I, I see great good comparison. On the team, right? And if you bring in Durant, like Durant isn't cool. He's a great basketball player, but he's not cool. He kind of ruins that, that kind of threesome they've had in, in Golden State for however how long. And I kind of just think that would they be the favorite to win the championship if they got him? Of course they would. They probably need an injury not to. But I kind of think when he, when he was there with them, look, the main goal is to win a championship no matter how you get it. Yep. Understood. Um, but now, you know, they won, they've won two with him and two without him. So obvious. And I, I know that Stefan and, and, uh, and Clay are getting older, but they've got a, a pretty solid supporting test. And we saw it a lot in the playoffs last year. Jordan Poole looks like he's a, he's a real player. They've got other good pieces too. Um, so I, I would be curious if if we if you gave Steph uh, some truths here about how badly he would want Kevin Durant back. Although when he was in Golden State, Steph was as as gracious and as humble and as team oriented with Durant in the lineup as you could possibly be. And it showed because Durant won the two and won the two finals MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. And as you mentioned with the playoffs last year, um, it wasn't just like a Steph Curry show. Like they, these other guys like Andrew Wiggins, right. who we talked about a lot, 
um, right. Jordan Again, Poole. Some when we were during the playoffs, I forgot Wiggins when we were talking yeah, about yeah. the Bowling State supporting cast happened again. But but yeah, and these guys, um, like if they were to get Durant, they would be trading guys away. So like Again, Kevin Durant, obviously, you'd probably make them the favorites if Durant goes there. But like, if you're giving up some of these role players that may like maybe you just are okay without Durant, like maybe just just let that be something of the past. I get that. Again, people just want championships. That's what matters. But they did it last year without him. Like, yep. I, I just I, I'm glad that the trade with Durant didn't happen. Um, I'm kind of glad Durant's staying in Brooklyn just because like this is such a like this is just such an up and down story and just like it it seems to be never ending. I'm just like waiting to see what happens next with Durant and the Nets. Um but yeah, I I don't think anyone's surprised by this story coming out because I think you'd be crazy if you didn't at least have a little bit of talks on all 30 NBA teams. I believe there's 30. Uh, <laughs> that Kevin Durant's available, we got to make an offer for him or at least talk discuss it. Um so so not a surprise for me at all. You know, I was thinking Nets the other day, Max, and I was thinking if in a month we're going to have to worry if Ben Simmons is going to play basketball again, right? And the NBA is uh, just over a month away. Which is crazy to think. Like, it just it seems like it didn't end that very long ago, but it is like an all-year-round thing just with free agency and all these stories that come out at random times that, like, it. it's just the NBA is a great a great thing and uh, always always something going on there. Yes. Soap up around your network, AC cable, upgrade to ESPN. And, and we'll see if uh, yeah. we'll see if Durant and the Nets uh, lose a step this year, um, trying to transition. I hope so. To our loss of step this year. That's right. This week. Which, you know, Max and I were talking yesterday, right, about who we wanted to put on the loss of step segment. And we were kind of going back with San Francisco and Indianapolis. Should we do one? Should we do both? We thought that they they both had validity to be lost a step of the week. Um, and then Denver just came out yesterday and just said, hold my beer, <laughs> basically, essentially, right? Like, we didn't think that we would have to put Denver in this category, um, that they would be a contender for the week. And then, again, after what we saw, the red zone futility outgaining them by almost 200, the idiotic two minute drive at the end of the game. Um, again, we don't want to pile on Max because it was a survivor pick, but uh, he, he agreed. I didn't force him. We were texted today. He agreed, even though it made it stick to made him sick to his stomach um, about how awful of a, I mean, you really can't say, um, entire game because they basically did everything except score in the red zone. The defense was good and they had 455 yards of offense. So red zone futility and pretty bad coaching at the end of the game uh, leads the Broncos to be our lost a step segment of, of the week. Max, we covered a lot of it before, like basically when the show started we did a recap on the game. I just brought them up again. Do you have anything else you can add about that Denver performance? I, I hope this is the last time I talk about talk about them. Um, because again, just just sad that's the way I went out. But I felt like the whole second half, the Broncos were like inside the Seahawks 10 yard line and to score 16 points the whole game. 
I, I just don't understand. So I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Nathaniel Hackett, I think, is just he's he's now coming out and saying, like, yeah, we probably should have went for it. All these things. Like, I'm just I'm I like, doesn't to, he know my Survivor League is on the line with these games? Like, I don't think he understands what to, he's doing to me. I have to ask you, when they lined up for the field goal, were you and 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 maybe even more so after, were you are you punching a pillow? Are you are you going all um you know salty language with your with your young child around and, and you gotta cover his ears? What's the reaction like? So beforehand, I was like, all right, I don't love this decision, but Brandon McManus has kicked some long field goals before. I could see him putting one through. So like, okay, I, I trust him. Let's let's do it. This would be a great story for my uh survivor run i'm about to go on right right and, sure. and then after um i will say i was i was actually uh in bed um wife's already sleeping as you mentioned kids already sleeping uh you know in his room right. so i can't i can't go too crazy i'm usually pretty good at, at keeping that in mind for packers games or you know bucks playoff game things like that um and it's really just like saying a lot of things internally and then just not being able to go to sleep for for probably an hour after the game because I just I don't like I don't know how it happened I don't know how the Broncos lost that game and so just a lot of sadness Pinto a lot of sad and still today I'm still feeling it I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Well, you had feelings of sadness. You know who probably had feelings of laughter after that? Our producer. Yep, I hate seeing that smile. Mark, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that we've. Uh completed this episode in in a in a pretty timely fashion so maybe you have a, a little something you'd like to add at the at the end of the show today <laughs> well you want me to want me to say thank you for doing your job <laughs> no 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 i want i want you to tell the folks who you're picking in week two oh and, uh, see i didn't you think you about the he's got that out already i figured <laughs> that's what he'd be studying today yeah you know i spent the last hour listening to you guys and um you know what if you guys help me out may- maybe you'll get a cut i don't know i mean why would you want help from us yeah We're from del- a couple of losers yeah why would uh, you want to have help from us because i want to help out you know the needy and the poor you know oh, you know i'm geez. all about giving back i will say i'm excited to watch uh this run whether it's just just a week long uh or if or if mark goes all the way this year um, it's it's going to be exciting I, to update the the listeners. This was I'll a, say this. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say this was a, a 326 person survivor pool that is now down to 110. And now we're that's all, ridiculous. Our, it, that really is ridiculous. That's wild. This stuff now is one of that's those wild. 110. So basically, two thirds, two thirds of the pool is gone. That's wild. Never that's your that's your. That's your biggest pool to date, right? Yes. Yes, it is. I've never seen anything like first round exodus like that. And there are some games with crazy spread. Not that we're picking against spread, but there are some pretty bad teams against some pretty good teams. So I'm interested to see how the picks get allocated because sometimes there's like one game, two games that are the favorites. There's a lot of different avenues a person could go this week. So I'm curious to see how the picks get, but it's time Mark to focus on fantasy Mark football. Mark obviously knows more, more than we do. So it's his See, world the, and we're just living in it. That's right. Uh, you just, you know, it's my world. You're just a part of it. And here's the thing. 
um, the last time this happened, we all joked that I was going to get a 30 for 30 doc because what did I run for 11 weeks? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. 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 10 or 11. Okay. So my goal is my goal is five and then exceed that. And then hopefully, you know, I, I, uh, you know, you know, I, I get the honey and you, you know what rhymes with honey, Tom? Monday. That's right. I, we're, we'll we're pulling money. for you. I don't, I, look, I was trying look, to think of something else. I, I, and, and <laughs> you know what we, what we should say too, if we forgot to mention, Mike what? is also alive as well. He picked correctly. Uh, oh, yeah. so he's not here. Mike that is, is impressive. Alive. Mike is alive as well. We, we should. See, here's the, here's the here thing. Today. Mike... He'll be back next week. We'll see if he has a correct pick next week when we record. Yeah. But as of today, Mike is still alive as well. I think he took the Ravens, I think. The, my my goal now isn't to yeah my goal is to win but my goal now isn't just to win if I don't win I want to be at least Mike you know I think that's the it's uh, a good goal it's a good goal so then so then get the so then chop this episode up get it up quickly and then just send yeah. it to him and be like listen to the last couple minutes and then it's on <laughs> <laughs> it's on what are we gonna do with all that money you know. You probably could open up your own silent movie theater in Rochester. I wonder what last year's winner did. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, yeah. What I they? wouldn't know. I, I couldn't get know. a. I I was waiting to get my mention. It's like, okay, yeah, he's out week one, but at least you know he had a great run last year. But last year's in the past, man. We're only focusing on today. Life is about the Mark, present, you know. Mark, I yeah. want to go. You want to go? All right. Yeah. Why are the well, Nets losing? Three I'm, I'm sick. <laughs> we're, we're losing time right now. Well, you know what? We're trying to live <laughs> in the moment right now. But if you want to live in the past, why, why don't I suggest going to our Spotify and listening to some of our past episodes? We have 23 episodes for you all to listen to. And we're going to be a full house next week, right? I believe so. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So. so we hope so. The we return so of Mike. Indeed. Mike, possibly all of us on next week's episode. Be sure to follow along on the Twitter at Lost is Step One and on Facebook by searching the Lost is Step podcast. Once again, this has been episode 24 of the Lost is Step podcast for Tuesday, September 13th. A quick programming note we're going to record on Tuesdays. We're going to try and post by Wednesdays, Thursday morning at the latest. But we're going to try for Wednesdays, you know, just so you get all of our thoughts during the NFL, during this season, you get it all in one day. So quick programming note, we're going to aim for Wednesdays for Max, Tom, and myself. Have a good week.